up everybody we are back it's, it's been a while since we've done uh one of these uh episodes here this is the slapping meat wrestling podcast i'm your host we too deep and with me we got dj wavy d um we got we got a a lot to to uh to talk about tonight as before this uh first thing let's start off with saying happy new year first uh episode of the new year yes sir um we got a uh, uh, any any New Year's resolutions for you or? Uh, I got a small one. I'm I'm going on a little um, sobriety challenge. Okay. Um, you know, so I, I, I did go on party a lot, but you know, just you know, I'm trying to lose some weight, trying to do some health stuff. So I'm starting off a little little five month sobriety challenge, and then see how far I can go from there. Alrighty, I feel that. I'm not a I'm not a resolution person, but. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start off with, uh, you watch collision on Saturday, right? You watch part I, of it. I, I had it on. <laughs> I had it on. I only bring that up cause I was in the arena as I posted in the discord. Um, so I, I want to start off by giving my thoughts. It's been about two years since AEW has come to North Carolina and they, they honestly, they could they could stay away. You know, yeah, that's interesting. I feel I, I would think they come to your area a lot more often. It's it's been a while, uh, but uh, yeah, y- 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 and they're only here because of Ric Flair. Let's just be honest. Uh, you, you are a Flair <laughs> Flair country. Um, but uh, y- y- y'all can stay away. You don't have to come back. Uh, now, so I'm gonna give a little bit of my thoughts of. I don't know. I, maybe it's because it was a Saturday. It just, but I, I don't know. It just didn't feel right. AEW's missing something, and I, I, I don't know what it is. They're, they're missing a lot of something. <laughs> um, but that whole show, I was, I don't want to say bored. It wasn't bad, but it I'm, just. Like, I don't watch AEW too often, but like when I do, I feel like their crowd is is fairly good. I felt like the crowd at the Bojangles Arena wasn't quite hitting. It it was dead. It was dead. I'll, I'll admit it. And uh, Junkyard James can argue that all he wants, but it was dead. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the show wasn't necessarily bad. It just, I don't know. I, I guess, like, there's just something missing. Uh, and... I think a lot of it has to do with I don't know who half the people on the roster on Collision are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, like that, main, the main event between FTR and House of Black, it was you know it was pretty good, but I knew who they were. Yeah. I was somewhat. Um, the problem with, I think is, you know, a lot of these stories aren't really stories; they're just a bunch of rant. Like we had Adam Copeland face Griff Garrison. Which we haven't seen in like thirteen thousand millennia. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. So uh, he was Brian Pillman Jr.'s partner when the AEW first started. Okay. And we haven't we haven't really seen him since they split up. Okay. Um, okay. But like, 
they had some random dude on the outside with uh what was it uh fucking what's his what's her name maria uh and i don't even know oh, yeah. That, well, I don't even know that, yeah. yeah i don't even know who that other dude was yeah uh, i knew i knew her i didn't know who the other two guys were with her but, <laughs> but that match went like 10 minutes when it should have been the squatch match and mm-hmm. i just i don't know i just i feel i think we had like four tag matches aw loves them some tag team wrestling and yeah, i mean it, it helps when you know the reason you do tag matches is because you gotta hide certain talent Mm-hmm. Well, like I feel like they have, they have a lot of good talents. So I don't know why you need to hide it. Right. I think my problem with it is it doesn't feel different than Dynamite. Okay. It just um, and so like I feel like Collision has this opportunity to to be a more casual, friendly show, and instead it's just a lot of the same. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way, but uh they don't really have any name power on it and it, you need it to be a Saturday night show for people to actually care to watch it. Now I had it on the background. I wasn't paying full attention, but I will say when I, when I looked over during FTR's entrance, mm-hmm. it seemed like the crowd was kind of dead for them. Uh, unless it was a camera trick. Cause like, like when I looked over, FTR was no, their entrance, and you know how I do fan shots, try to get the fans cheering or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the camera stuck on these like there's like one section of fans for like five seconds. They were just standing there watching, no emotion, no clapping, no cheering, no booing. There's that standing- was a lot of the fan base the entire night. I don't. The Carolinas are a tricky tricky group to be honest with you. Like, if it's not Ric Flair, they're not cheering. Like, I think Ric Flair got the biggest pop of the night to be honest with you. No, um, <laughs> that's, that's Flair country. But um, I just yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, uh, people don't like FTR as much anymore. Especially, and they're going against House of Black, so that's the big team right now that everyone's yeah. everyone's in love with. Um, but yeah, it was. I, I just wanted to bring it up. You know, Collision. It was okay. I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to be a hater and be like, oh, it sucked. But you know, AW, you don't have to come back. Let me guess. <laughs> you you didn't stay for the Ring of Honor tapings. I did not. I did not stay for Ring of Honor. Uh, five. They were there for an extra two hours taping Ring of Honor after Collision ended, and I ain't got time for that. Did, did your brother? Did your brother? <laughs> yeah, they, it? The, yeah. Cody and James stayed. They said it was okay. Okay, um, okay. But I mean, so they didn't have any of the big names like like, like their tag champs, Ricky Starks, and um, oh, I call him Big Cass, but what was his name Big Bill now or something like that? Big Bill. Th- they were on collision and they did a promo. They weren't at the arena, but they did a backstage promo, I think, where they I think they're fighting next week on collision. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean the big the big draw really for that show was Flair and Sting. It's all building up to revolution because it's yeah. Sting's, Sting's last match. It's in March, right? I think. Yeah, March third, I think, yeah. All right, you know, I might, I might, I might find a way to watch it. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. It's back there. It's in North Carolina, so maybe I'll make the journey up there. I don't okay. know. I gotta find a really cheap seat to for <laughs> for me to want to go up there, but I might. Um, but with that, uh, DJ Wavy D over here posted a little rant on his YouTube. Yeah, page, and. Uh, we're gonna sit here and talk about that for for a minute, and and this rant is 
about the rock coming back and the yes. whole Cody and a uh, Cody and a Roman situation. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to sort of explain what your rant was about and so, then, uh, and then we'll discuss it. So my rant and my thought process, it all, it all um, came to fruition because after the rock return, you know, I got the initial pop. I'm like, Oh my God, the rock, they're finally going to do Roman versus the rock. Oh my God. But then I was like, wait, they're finally going to do Roman versus Rock. I was like, this match should have been done last year. And then we just build up this whole year of building Cody back up just to face Roman again. And then I'm in like this, you know, I mean, I'm in this Twitter back and forth with a bunch of IWC fans and, and IWC, like, you know, tryhards and stuff like that, diehards. And they're like, they're calling, you know, calling everybody like, like like a Cody Glazer. Stop glazing Cody. It's like Cody doesn't need to beat Roman to win the title. He was like his his finishing the story is winning is winning the title. Finishing the story isn't beating Roman. And I was like, well, at this current point in time, Roman is your champion. So beating Roman is, you know, in return we get a championship. I was like. You can't get the championship without being Roman at this certain point in time. And we literally built up this entire year, putting Cody through the redemption story and keeping him away from the title, trying to build him back up. The whole John Cena redemption story 2.0. Like this man went through fighting, fighting Brock Lesnar for half the year. And then he went to a battle with like, oh, he, he went to the, the, the best friends, the super friends group against Judgment Day and all this. And now he's going against Shinsuke. It's literally always just filler to keep him as like a top talent, keep him in the main event, just till we get back around to WrestleMania from the phase Roman Reigns. You know, saying that was kind of pretty cut dry, clear. And my thing is, right now with The Rock returning, The Rock is not winning the championship because The Rock winning the title is not good for business currently because he's going to be around even less to defend it than Roman Reigns. He's going to be even on even less on TV to promote it and promote WWE. And so him facing Roman, especially at WrestleMania for the title, is a foregone conclusion. And, of course, you can do like the, you know, it's for the head of the table. It's not for the title. It's going to be a non-title match for the head of the table, like all this stuff. I'm like, all right, that's cool and all. But then you got you still have half the, half the company, half the fans complaining that, oh, Roman's not defending the title. He's like, you know, defend the table. He's not defending the title. And it's like, the main thing is, um, you, you pointed out in the Discord that Roman is getting fairly close to be, is to beating um, Hulk Hogan's record for third place. I, I believe you said he passed that sometime in September if he gets to it. Mm-hmm. And so my thought process is, Roman's title reign has been so legendary at this point and so historical that you can't end it anywhere but WrestleMania or SummerSlam. And we're getting to the point where if he if he comes out WrestleMania with the title, all you got to do is get through SummerSlam. And then at that point, again, the SummerSlam, you're so close to beating the third-place record that you might as well keep it on Roman at that point. And again, we're back to that cycle where you can only lose it at Mania or SummerSlam because his title reign is just so big. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the part where everybody's talking about, like, well, not Cody has to beat him. Like, well, there's other people who can beat him. And I'm like, nobody is currently booked into a position to beat Roman Reigns. 
Like people were throwing names like Sammy could do it, Kevin Owens could do it, Randy could do it. Well, first of all, Sami Zayn already lost. He's not currently mm-hmm. booked into a position to beat Roman. Kevin Owens lost, and he is currently not booked into a position to beat Roman. So Noah, he's still on Roman's side. He, you know, and he's quite he's not quite ready to hold the main title, but he's still on Roman's side. He's not booked into the current position to beat Roman Reigns. Uh, people like Randy Orton, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Of course, you know, they could beat Roman. You know, they're booked a strong way to beat Roman. But Roman's reign, no no pun intended, Roman's title reign should be has like should should be used to like put the rock, you know, the the backpack, the rock, what is it called? The jetpack on someone's back and shoot them up the charts. You know what I'm saying? It should be given to like a young guy, like a I don't know, Braun Breaker, or you can give it to I don't know another young talent like a Jay Uso or a uh, Carmelo Hayes. I don't know. You get give someone to shoot to literally shoot them up and put put the rock on their back and shoot them to the top and just give them the momentum. Randy's legacy, Brock's leg legacy, Cena's legacy. It won't really matter if they take the title for Roman. It's not going to add to legacy. They're all certified Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. You should give Roman's title title reign his like beating him to a. To a talent that can benefit to the full effect and get launched into outer space. Okay, and and so I'll respond and say I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, um, but I am gonna play devil's advocate here, and I <laughs> I've thought this through because um, I agree Roman cannot lose anywhere else. In my opinion, I don't even think SummerSlam's big enough. Mm. I think it has to be Mania. That's the only place Roman can lose the title at. Um, and so everyone talking about Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber, don't, don't they're not doing it. I'm sorry. And may, maybe they maybe they will, but if they do it that way, it's only going to lead to some sort of finish that will be Rock versus Roman at Mania. You're, you're not going to not have that match at WrestleMania. Um, that's just my thought. And so to me, where I will disagree with you is I think I understand that we've, we built Cody. I think we could do this for another year. I I honestly think we could do this for another year. Now, a couple of episodes ago, sometime last year, I did an episode of like, how would I, how would I personally book Cody to get him, you know, as like a heel Cody, I Mm -hmm. think we could insert this idea that you know he he left he's trying to finish the story and uh injury happened and and then so he came back and then he lost and he tried to redeem himself and now it's being stolen from him and sort of corrupting him into this sort of heel-like character where he you know you know at SummerSlam inserts himself or and some some part later down the line just sort of jumps the line and inserts himself you know, uh, not necessarily a heel turn, but just someone who's frustrated with his situation. I think there's some nuance there. It, it can get a little fuzzy with the casual fans with nuance like that. So it, I understand it's going to be difficult to do it that way. But I think we could. I think we could book a, a sort of corrupted Cody uh, character over the next year or the next year's WrestleMania. Have him first versus Roman Reigns. Because my whole mindset is this. If Roman Reigns is getting the Hulk, Hulk Hogan record, which he is, it's the only record 
humanly possible that anyone would understand. Like, any, no one's going to let him beat Bruno San Martino. He has eight more years. It will be twenty twenty eight before he, he before he beats uh, Bruno's record. And if they keep the title on him that long, they will lose the entire fan base. Um, and so Hogan's record is the only other record within graphs that he needs, and I think they're going to give it to him. So if that's the case and Cody's not going to win, I'd rather save that match. That's just my opinion. Um, and so that's why with Punk showing up and The Rock showing up, those two people, now, of course, Punk's going against Seth. And so Rock and and uh, Roman at Mania makes a lot of sense to me. I said, I don't know if this was the end of the year episode or another episode, but I said 2024 is going to be the year of Solo Sokoa. And I meant it. You can spend and you could start it now. You can even start it uh, at Royal Rumble. Um, have him turn sort of accidentally where he, you know, he's in and they're in that fatal four way, uh, which is just lazy booking, by the way. But um, I actually liked it. <laughs> um, but they're in that fatal four way. And so have him. There's no there's no DQs. And so, like, an accident – you know, we're going to probably get a ref bump somewhere. It's a Roman Reigns match. We're going to get a ref bump somewhere. Mm. How Solo, you know, maybe try to attack AJ Styles or LA Knight or what, what, or even Randy Orton, and then and they duck out of the way and he kicks Roman. And that sort of starts the turn. And then I thought about it. Solo Sokoa is Rikishi's son. We could we could re, they're replaying you know he's basically Umaga, so now you can sort of have him play into the Rikishi character, and do it for the Rock. Okay. Um, and so I think there's a way you can turn Solo against Roman uh, to to where at next year's Mania Solo is the one that I think Solo has to be the one. I I like Cody. I really do. I don't think he need. I know he wants to finish the story, and I think they eventually let him do it. But it, with the with the bloodline story, I think it has to be within the family. It has to. It's the only way it can end. Um, and so, I it, that's where I'm leaning. Ultimately, I do believe you know it's Cody's. Cody should be going after the Raw Championship anyway. That's just my opinion. Um. Because lineage-wise, that's the one his dad would have won was the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, well, no, the, the WWE Championship. Oh, well, yeah, I guess, yeah. Because, well, the World Heavyweight, technically, uh, at least according to the WWE website, has a fresh lineage. They, they were, it's, not uh, carrying, it's not carrying on the big old They're one. not going to carry the big gold. Mm. At, at least according to the, to the website. Interesting. I don't know. Cody's in a weird place, though, because... I mean, WWE's at a place where they have so many top stars right now. So, I mean, I do we need The Rock? No. I kind of see where people are coming from. Uh, I don't know, but Roman and Rock, to me, just, just makes sense at Mania, especially if Roman's not going to lose. I'd rather not waste Cody versus Rock uh, or Cody versus Roman. Um, but then, so I saw someone put this idea of if, if Cody wins elimination chamber and then makes it a triple threat with Cody rock and Roman, would you, would you like that? Or, um, 
I mean, I, I can get sold on it depending how it's booked, but I personally, like at WrestleMania, I want to see like my main title in a one-on-one match. Right. So I mean, like I, I'm, I'm sure I can get booked into it. I can, you know, I can, I, you know, the fan of me would just like to watch it in the first place. But I want to see the one-on-one match. Right. I want to see, I want to see Cody Roman part two. Right. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced this is going to be the fight for head of the table, and that's all this is going to be. There's no tie. It's like, which is going to piss a lot of people off. It's not going to piss me off because. I'm a little bit biased towards Roman Reigns, and I, I just like the story. I think they're really just telling storyline at this point, and the title really doesn't mean anything. Um, I, I think I think there's a few ways they can go about it. I think either, you know, well, so I, I like I actually do like the fail four way at Royal Rumble because we haven't seen Roman in a match type like that in a little while. Pretty much all all his matches since he's won since he won the title in that triple threat match. Hmm. Back at you know against I think it was it Edge and Brian was mm-hmm. it those two? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is his first like non singles match during his reign, I think. And so I mean I'm down to see a fail forward match because then this also evens up the like interference. Like you, you might not even need a ref, a ref bump because fail forward matches are no no DQ in the first place, so you might not even need a ref bump. It could change up the dynamic because we're getting the same formula for a lot of Roman's matches lately. Mm-hmm. Over, over the last year or so, um, so I, there's two ways you can go about it. I think, you know, The Rock could come out and cost Roman the title at Royal Rumble, which I doubt, which is like the least likely option. Or right. Roman, I think Roman pins like LA Knight or AJ or one of them, and because I, I I'm pretty sure that they're trying to save Roman and Randy mm-hmm. for like after Mania. They're trying probably like a SummerSlam matchup. Roman versus Randy, so I, th- I think I think you get Roman pinning like L.A. Knight. You might have like a false finish, like Randy pinning AJ or Randy pinning L.A. And then, but it's a false finish, and then he pin Roman pins L.A. And then I think CM Punk wins Royal Rumble, and then so he set the face set that WrestleMania, and then I do think we get Roman and Rock at Elimination Chamber. Just because Australia is really trying to like put this money out to get the Rock, and they they put money out or like like beforehand when they first put the bid out for Olympia Chamber, they put money to get the Rock, and I don't think the Rock is conditioned enough to fight like a good match at WrestleMania. Like he was just tired, delivering people's elbow in a spine buster, the Jinder Mahal on Monday Night Raw. Like he was gassed and out of breath. So I think we get that Chamber, and then. I want to see Cody Roman, WrestleMania, and then Punk's um, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania Night One. Okay, um, I could see that happening. Uh, I think Roman Rock. I we're going to be completely honest. It's going to be like a six-minute match with eighteen hours of intro. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be Hogan versus Sheik. 1984 when Hogan won the title and the match was literally like three minutes long and all they did was walk in circles. (laughs) Uh, I'm not even kidding. The entrances were longer than the match. Um, But yeah, when it does happen, rock rocks, not in ring shape, uh, which kind of irritates me because that was his excuse for not doing it last year. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I I do get where the frustration comes in because it does 
See, I wish The Rock would stop doing uh, like TV segments in the same state that rest, that WWE is in. Yeah, it's so easy to predict who like the, the special guest is because he's always <laughs> on TV the night he's supposed to be on WWE. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I get. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I get why people are frustrated. I think either way, we're getting Rock and Roman. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it at Elimination Chamber, but I I do see where it's coming from because it is a money maker for you know one of those shows that they have. Australia does have a high population of Samoans. This is true. Um, also, uh, from what from what I recall reading, Elimination Chamber wasn't quite selling the best because it's not like in their. I guess like the way Australia is, I'm not the best at geography, but I guess Australia, their bigger cities like Sydney and all that stuff are on the other side of the country mm-hmm. where Perth or whatever is on the opposite. Right, right. So it's not quite near all the touristy cities. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's as we go into 2024, uh, I want to sort of talk about, uh, you know, things that you're looking forward to going in this year. You know, it could be things that, you know, matches that you want to see or people you want to see think like, uh, so I'll, I'll let you start with that. What's some things you're looking forward to in 2024? I'm looking forward to the possibility that we're going to, I believe a second straight year where a world rumble match does not main event Royal rumble. Mm. Cause it was, it was um, Roman and Kevin Owens last year. And it's probably going to be the fill four way this year. Especially if there's interference from The Rock and stuff like that, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking for Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view outside of uh, WrestleMania. It's my favorite pay per view of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the growth from Trick Williams. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he's gonna have a good year. He might he might capture like a U.S. title or Eric Eric Cardinal title. He might even win the um, NXT World Championship pretty soon. But as far as the main roster, I think he can win mid card title. Um, looking forward to see what Carmelo Hayes can do this year, and, and and to see how they how they bring him up. Are they just gonna throw him in the hurt business, or are they gonna try to give him a singles push? I'm ready to see that. Um, I'm ready to see the 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 our truth and Judgment Day stuff keep going. Did did, did you see the his, his segment last night? Our yeah. truth is a national treasure. We <laughs> must protect him at all costs. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to see where damage control goes, because it might be like a Bailey EO thing at Mania, but but see what they might backtrack from that a little bit because stuff fell through. I'm not because Charlotte got hurt, so stuff kind of fell through, and they realigned the damage control back together. So I'm kind of I want to see what they do. Um, faction warfare. I do want to see a Bloodline versus Judgment Day thing, but I don't think Bloodline would be around for too much longer. To get that done, mm-hmm. Ch- Chad, Chad Gable, also Gunther does. I, I'm 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 looking forward to a lot of people. Yeah, I can agree with a lot of what you said. I'm De- Trick Williams. First off, breakout superstar 2023. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I I think I think he will be the next NXT champion. Um, and I think at some point he does get called up this year. Uh, I'm ready. I think I've been ready for about a year now for Braun Breaker to be called up. I think that yeah. ha- that finally happened. 
Um, same thing with Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. I think they get called up at at, at uh, Rumble. Um, I'm highly excited for this year's Royal Rumble. I think there's going to be a lot of NXT presence up there. Hope there is. And a lot of... I don't think there'll be a lot of other outside surprise. I hope they don't fill it with legends because I hate when they do. I, re- I absolutely hate when they fill it with legends. Um, um, but this Rumble is going to be a really good pay-per-view. I really do. I really think Rumble is going to be you know, set the tone for uh, WWE. Um, I'm looking forward to... I, I'm more so just interested into seeing how... WWE's sort of thinking and doing the overseas, uh, you know, there's six, at least six of them are going to be overseas now. Now that we mm-hmm. got, now that we got Toronto, which isn't really overseas, it's it's actually in a, a normal time zone for what for for us yeah. over here. Um, and so, um, that one that's money in the bank, right? That's in Toronto. Yep. That's going to be. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what Canadian star they're going to have win money in the in the bank then. Um, Sami Zayn, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Carmelo Hayes definitely. I'm looking to see um, the growth of NXT. I think it's going to become, a, I think, a bigger brand with all the new TV deals, and I think I think. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is my uh, prediction. NXT will beat Dynamite in the ratings by the end of the year. Like consistently. not in, um, And I this is something that I want to happen. And, and when I say want, it's just I, I think there's a really strong chance that not only MJF, but Sasha Banks ends up in WWE by the end of this year. And if that happens... There's the final two nails in the coffin. We can go ahead and bury AEW to their little niche market where they belong to be. Mm-hmm. Um, from everything that I've read, Tony Khan's not gonna is not willing to pay uh, Mercedes Monet, which is interesting because if anyone that you should overpay it should be her. She's the biggest star you would ever have on your roster outside sure. of CM Punk. Um, but yeah, I'm. I think 2024 is going to be a really big year. To sh- and it's sort of like the first full year Triple H has complete control of literally everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's going to show everybody how, how to actually run a wrestling program. I mean, uh, I'm not going to say AEW is going to die, but I mean, you got a man, a, a man that's literally arguing on Twitter over Jinder Mahal right now. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was you know, so, so someone's got to just take Tony's phone away. At this point, just take his phone, tell him to chill. Like, uh, he's just like, arguing over nothing. I don't get no. it. I, I literally don't get it. I just, you're promoting your product or your competition's product. You're you're promoting it. Like, yeah, now you just told all of your fans that there's a title match. I mean, yeah, gender's going to lose, <laughs> but hey, hey, there's a title match with uh, Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal next Monday. Which I I think is I like Jinder Mahal. I know a lot of people don't, but mm. I think he's he's a good he's good at what he does. Um, he's yeah, good at, he's good at getting heat. Now I, I um, wish there was a way for WWE to like to push their their uh, their foreign heels more than the whole 
anti America stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, w- yeah. I wish they're a little bit more creative on pushing their. their I, I can, I can agree with that. Heels. I can agree with that. Um, yeah, and so I guess we'll we'll jump in. We had some questions from B Master. I forgot to save them, so I gotta pull them back up. Uh, so the first one I do remember is he asked, you know, is NXT uh, cons- third, would you consider it a third brand or is it still developmental? I'll let you answer that first because I've sort of already gone over that before. But yeah, I, I, I told I told him in the chat I was like that, that you answered that a couple times. I, I know I know you feel NXT is a third brand. I still look at it as a developmental brand, especially because like you know they have a. Um, the what's it called the XC breakout star like tournament where they literally bring in rookies or you know, I mean not not all of them are rookies some of them have you know have like eight years eight years experience of wrestling but you know and then the other half are like college athletes trying to you know make their name so you know I still do look at as developmental especially when you know they are very gimmick heavy which is definitely a good part of wrestling I feel like wrestlers should have gimmicks. But then, you know, it's like, hey, here is good guy, good guy surfer versus bad guy, like, Von Villain <laughs> or, or bad guy Viking Raider. And, you know, like, you know, they definitely are gimmick heavy and, then, you know, they're, they're still developing. And I, it, it is a live show now, though, right? It's not taped anymore. Yeah, it's a live yeah, show. Yeah. So that, that's definitely that's definitely a plus. But yeah, you you know you do have you know it's it's young talent you know most of them are from like twenty one to like twenty six, like young talent still honing their craft. A lot of them are straight you know straight out of college. You know, they've been practicing developmental for like a year, year to have, and now they're getting like their first TV matches and first like actual stories and storylines. Um, I will look at it more as a third brand if they. If they had matches at the at the pay per views, like for example, like at WrestleMania, if we get like a NXT World Heavyweight Championship match, or NXT North American Championship ladder match at WrestleMania, or something like that, if they if they got included in the, in the big pay per views, I would look at them more as a third brand. And then also, if they kind of separated their already established NXT talent from their developmental talent. I know they do have like NXT like level up, whatever it's called. They have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not too popular, but they do have that. But but at the same time, they're still mixing. They're still mixing their developmental talent with their more seasoned, ready, ready to get called up talent. So I feel like if they created a way to like kind of separate them more, mm-hmm. that that would elevate them as a brand. Right. So. Everyone already knows I, I consider them third a third brand. I want to clarify it though. Um, I I think it's a third brand in the way that, um, you know, Pepsi has as a giant company, PepsiCo has Pepsi, Mountain Dew, and then Starry, and Starry is not you know the most popular. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the the best that they have. But it's it's the, you have the A brand, the, the the B brand, and the C brand. So SmackDown to me is the A brand, just because it has yeah. more it has more viewership. I'm judging this by viewership, not by quality of the product. I still think Raw is the best show. 
Uh, um, <laughs> um, but um, and so SmackDown is the A show. It, it makes the most money from TV deals. It's it's uh the biggest viewership. Uh, Raw's the B brand, and then the C show is NXT. I think we have to. Uh, I think they, they, they sort of blur the lines, though, because it, there is some developmental that does take place. But for the most part, most of the developmental happens in the performance center. Um, you don't get on TV until they think you're ready to, to get on TV. Um, and so I, I think they sort of mix the idea. Like, and so I can see where everyone's coming from. It's definitely there is a developmental aspect to it. Um, but I also think because, you know, guys like Braun Breaker, I, I could see a, a world where Braun Breaker never gets called up and stays like a mainstay. I think Triple H is trying to create it as a third brand. And that's always been my argument is that internally WWE sees it as, as a third brand. Doesn't necessarily mean they execute it well, cause they haven't, it still seems developmental. Um, but I, I do agree with what you said. If we could have you know, NXT on Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, even money in the bank, even mm -hmm. give, you know, if there's six people in uh, the money in the bank match, have two from NXT mm -hmm. and, and give them that. Cause I think that adds a whole new dynamic where if the money in the bank briefcase goes to NXT, um, now you have to worry about, you know, we can have that, that on NXT every Tuesday and a surprise superstar, like say trick Williams wins it and he could show up whenever he wants on any show. I think, I think they've started it and I think they're going to do it a lot more this year where they're going to do a lot of cross branding. Okay. Uh, um, and so I think, I don't think it's quite there yet to, to the viewership. I think internally Shawn Michaels, triple H sees it as the third brand. It's no longer developmental. And another reason I don't quite look at it as like the official third brand is because, like, you know, we we have the clear division between Raw and SmackDown, especially with the general managers having two separate general managers now with Nick and and um, Adam, um, but they're both sending down their talent to you know get some get some ring time and get some matches and work with younger talent, but you know they're not sending necessarily sending the wrestlers to the other show. You know, of course, you know we have the you know the Becky Lynch who comes over to to smack down for like Becky Lynch goes, um, goes wherever she wants to go. Yeah, a little last minute <laughs> filling, but like you know, they're they're sending you know Pete Dunn down to team with Bates, but now you know Bates up 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 to SmackDown, mm -hmm. and you know they're they're sending kind of like talent down there to to work with younger talent, and then you know it gets a ring time. So I think that's why if they're not going to you know exchange talent between SmackDown and Raw. But they'll send their talent down to NXT to get some time. That's why I still, you know, it's kind of like, hey, um, like NBA team, you know, saying they got their two-way player, you know, sitting on the bench or whatever, you know, but to keep him, you know, kind of fresh and keep him, you know, you know, not rusty, keep him in a groove. They'll send him down to the G League to practice or down to the G League to get some games in and then bring him back up to the roster, you know, saying to, to sit on the bench. Mm. I can see that. I could, I, I could see that argument. And then his, his second question that B-Master has is, 
Uh, what does it take to get John Cena, Rock, Taker, Charlotte Flair uh, level? I guess like to make it to that level of of being the top star in in WWE. Um, I'll let you start with that one as well. There's, I mean, there's a couple of like like sarcastic slash easy answers. Mm-hmm. Either be a longtime company man or have a famous family. Yeah, you know have, have, have <laughs> the last have the last name Flair or be a Samoan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So I mean, like for, for example, John Cena. He's an interesting case because you know he came in, he had the look. You know, he had the Vince look. Vince, you know, he like Cena had the chiseled, like you know, sh- you know, short hair, like just like bodybuilder build, bodybuilder mm-hmm. type. But he was so close to getting cut, you know. You, you're his, mm-hmm. you're his story. Yeah. Uh, that with that Halloween episode where he had that backstage segment with Stephanie McMahon, he was literally a week or two from getting cut at that point. Mm-hmm. But that, um, so he was in the back of the back of the van, back of the bus, because at that time SmackDown and Raw, they would travel, you know, in their brand buses or brand, you know, big big old buses. The talent would travel together. And John Cena was talking about how he was on the verge of getting cut or whatever. You know, he had like a month to like prove himself. And he was sitting in the back of the bus with like Rikishi and some other guys. And they're just having like a rap battle or something, just going back and forth, rap battling. And Stephanie McMahon walked in on them and over and overheard them or whatever. I guess he was the GM of the show at the time or something like that. And so. Stephanie told him, like, hey, you know, that's some good stuff. Why don't you implement that into your character or whatever? And then that's when John Cena, like, Thugonomics was kind of, like, born or started to get into that. And so, like, that's what saved his career. And then from, like, that point on, history kind of wrote itself. He just got super popular. He was a company guy, you know, pretty much did whatever Vince wanted him to do. And he did all the Make-A-Wish stuff. He, he, He kept his name clear. You know, he was never in the Police blotters never getting pulled over DUIs like other people who were on the who are on the rise with the card, but you know they came spiraling down after a few mistakes. John Cena was pretty clean cut guy, got over with the fans. He had a, he had a good gimmick when gimmicks were were a good thing. When, mm-hmm. gimmicks, were, where gimmicks were a big thing, he had a good gimmick, and he also wasn't afraid to adapt. Mm-hmm. And Whether through the good or the bad, he kind of stuck with his his baby face. You know, he stuck as a face. Um, Vince didn't want to turn him. He didn't want to turn himself. And they they stuck through it and eventually came out on top. Taker, he he wasn't that popular before he became the dead man, before he became Iron Taker. He was working independent, like, um, Mm -hmm. indie scenes and the regional stuff. Like, you know, they, they had the territories back then. He wasn't doing quite well. Then eventually he, he got the, the the Undertaker gimmick with Paul Bear or whatever, and he launched from there. Again, another company guy stuck with WWE for years. Right. The Samoans, their family thing. Flair. I just I, I think it has a mixture to do with outside of your wrestling. What what's what separates you from everyone else? Right. Of course, everyone is trained to wrestle, and they can all take bumps, and they can all do like really. See, Cena proved to himself. All you need is five wrestling moves, mm-hmm. talk on the mic, and be charismatic. Yeah, and I, I think that could launch you into into the outer space. I, I think. Uh, so, 
if wrestling was a sport, then yeah, it would be who's the best wrestler, but it's not, it's entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we're, when, when we're, when we're talking about basketball or football players and we're sitting here, okay, well, LeBron James is the best player because he's the best player. He can go out there night after night and do his thing. Um, but with wrestling, with, with pro wrestling, it's, you know, you, you can get someone like I, I look at someone like Kurt Angle who came in and understood it's not about how good he he was the best wrestler, like actual amateur Greco Roman wrestler yeah. on the planet. And he, he recognized right away that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it for him in WWE. He had the be entertaining. Yeah. Um, and so to me it's yes, you have to be able to work in the ring but you have to be able to make it believable of whatever character you're playing. Um, and so it, it could literally be anything. Um, and so, I mean, Undertaker is a walking or dead zombie wizard who just pops up from the dead whenever he wants to. Right. And his right, brother is, and his, and his brother is a demon that, burned their family's house down and killed their parents like yeah, the craziest gimmicks ever but they're popular because they made them believable um and so i think there's part of it like but so here's my question i'm I, this may get me you know this may lose me some points and some of some of y'all on the casual fandom scale mm. i don't think undertaker was necessarily all that good like, like, like in the ring or whatever? Not even in the ring. I just, I feel like a lot of people liked Undertaker because of the the gimmick. And I didn't find it all that appealing. I It, it is a, a subjective thing, but I feel like a lot of people look at Undertaker and like, I feel like they overrate how, how good he was. I think outside... Uh, at least the dead man gimmick. Like to me, when I think of Undertaker that I like, <coughs> it was you know American Badass, like two thousand four Undertaker. That was my favorite version of Undertaker. And so like the whole like dead dead wizard thing, like that, that doesn't work. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. I I do think a big part of how Undertaker got over was that he was very different from everyone else, right? And that also. He came up in an era where it was a lot easier to keep up kayfabe, mm-hmm. and so his character relied a lot on kayfabe. So, like, if if he was on TV doing what he was doing, and then right. afterwards you just, you saw him walk around the mall with like his boys, just you know chilling, <laughs> right? Like, and like you know, he was pictures and videos of him being sent out every week. I feel like it definitely wouldn't have lived up, but he kind of right. he he got there in the perfect time where. The old fans remember him, and then he was there when like we were like kids, so we remember him, and he still stuck around later for like people younger than us to know who he is. So right. he had the, long, the longevity, and he was also pretty good keeping up his kayfabe. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. He, he's also it was part of a lot of memorable moments. So yeah, he, he definitely didn't have like the greatest ring work, but he did everything well enough. To where his character could kind of like really carry him, mm-hmm. and also his character—he he didn't really he didn't need to talk a lot because his character was he didn't really talk, right? So that also right. helps him, right? Um, 
All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only question. Do you have any questions you, you want to bring up? Anything um, that? Yeah, I guess just, just to wrap up what makes a star is just someone who is safe and decent in the ring, who, you know, has like a, a small repertoire moves, at least six signature moves that they can bust out like easily. That, that's the reason why I'm not quite so with LA Knight is because I feel like his, his offense looks very awkward. His, his moveset, finisher is the worst finisher <laughs> I've ever seen in my his, life. His moveset is very awkward. It looks it looks like it looks awkward for his opponents to take. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, LA Knight, you know, he has a, you know a, a, a repertoire of moves, and he's very charismatic and he can talk. So I feel like you just guy need to be charismatic, be able to talk, have a you know what, what makes you different? What what makes you sell tickets? What makes people want to see you? You know, so right. so right. I think that's a good way to wrap that up and. Um. Oh, I mean, I guess. What makes AJ Styles different than other indie stars who who tried in WWE? You know, Cody's gonna kill me because AJ Styles is one of Cody's favorite wrestlers ever. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything special about AJ Styles. Okay. When you compare him to. 90% of the wrestling business. He's no different than the guy working at the gym on Saturday nights. <laughs> um, and so I think, uh, I don't, I don't, cause I, I didn't watch him in TNA, so I don't have that history. I did. I, I loved AJ. Um, and so I just, at least with this WWE run, I just I I haven't seen anything to me that makes him stand out from anybody else. I think um, I think a big thing that separates AJ Styles from other quote unquote indie talents or indie guys was you know, he was in TNA for, for a long time. And he was in TNA during a time period where they were trying to be the next WWE. So like they were trying to be sports entertaining. And AJ was, of course, you know, he did flips and he did other stuff, but he didn't fully rely on being the flippy-dippy no-sell guy. He actually sold. He was actually a great worker. He was a great technical wrestler. And he also, like, he was involved in some in some pretty decent stories in TNA as far as, like, the main event scene and everything like that. So he he was used to the entertainment part of wrestling as much as he was a great in-ring worker. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's why he was one of the the few quote unquote indie darlings to make it make in WWE. Right. I I, yeah. feel, I will say I feel like his the transition for him was better than a lot of guys. Like you know, a lot of these indie guys that have never really worked like high production shows before come in, and you could tell they're still adjusting to the WWE style of television mm. because. I mean, anyone can tell you if, if, if they working an indie scene where there's no camera work, you don't have to play to the camera. It's a completely different yeah. than when you have to play to, to the camera and AJ Styles seemed to, he seemed to transition a little bit and WWE is like, even when you compare AEW or TNA to WWE there, there's a lot more that goes into a WWE production. And I seem, mm. at least to me, it looked like AJ Styles transitioned a lot better yeah, than he, some of the other guys. He he was the John Cena of TNA for a long time. Right. 
he was that top guy. He was he was involved in so many programs and so many title scenes. And I think you know he just he was a big fish in a small pond, but he you know he became a good sized fish in a big in, a, in the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. All right, so we'll we'll wrap this up, and I'll I'll end it with one thing that just came to my mind. One prediction that you have for this year that uh, that try not to make it too unrealistic. Um, but when we look back at 20, at the end of 2024, we could see if you're right. What, what do you think? One prediction. Hmm. All right. So here's, here's my kind of given prediction. I feel like this one's kind of given is, um, Oscar will win a tag team title in 2024. I feel like that one's kind of given. She'll she'll win the tag team titles in 2024. My kind of like a long ball, long shot prediction is that we will have a mid-card women's title in WWE by the end of the year. Mm, I would definitely like if that happened. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so mine... Uh, so my given is Gunther's retaining the IC till Bash at Berlin. I think, I think he loses it there. WWE tends to have people lose in their hometown. Mm. Um, but I also think they there's another German star on the roster named Ilya Dragunov that they could put against Gunther and would put on a banger of a match and the crowd would go okay. home happy. Um, so I, I do think that'll be the main event of Bash at Berlin. Will be Dragonov versus Gunther for the IC title. Okay. Um, and Dragonov to me will win. Um, I'll, I'll do one better. Ludwig Kaiser wins a mid card title this year. Do you think he turns on Gunther, or is he going to win it as part I, of Imperium? I think I think Ludwig gets too big for his britches in Gunther's eyes. Gunther turns on him, and I think Ludwig. I, I, I think Ludwig gets a gets a mid card title. Did Did, did mm. you watch Raw live or did you watch the highlights after? I watched highlights. Yo, Ludwig was cooking this episode. He was cooking. <laughs> his his match with Kofi and his post yeah. like post match beatdown and then the backstage segment. Ludwig was cooking. He mm. might he might be on the start of a something special. Nice. Let's see what's a long shot I'm that I would uh, what that I would do here. Um, I don't know if it's a long shot, but CM Punk wins the World Heavyweight Championship. I'll, I'm gonna put some money on that one. Not really. I don't have money to put on it. But <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think he wins off of Seth or he wins it down the line? Um, I think he'll win it. Uh, I don't think he'll beat Seth. I think a cash in happens here soon, and okay. whether it's beating Damian or or something, uh, I don't know. But I I do feel like CM Punk will have one more title run. Okay. I don't know when it will happen, but I could I could see it happening this year. Um, and then uh, at WWE, just put the belt on our truth. That's all you got to do. Yes. <laughs> we'll end it with that right there. We'll end it with, with that wish. WWE, our truth for champion. It's a great shirt. Uh, 
I don't know. Did you see they're coming out with a new video game for South Park? No, I did not. Yeah. I, do you do you know if their HBO thing is is like a more hardcore version of the show, or was that just the way they're promoting it? It's so they act, South Park made a, like a deal with HBO where they're uh, they get like seven specials a year now, where they'll just produce like individual episodes that aren't in the in the series. I don't know when the actual show is going to come back. But they've okay. just been doing random like specials. Yeah, they're um, advertising it like it was gonna be even more of a hardcore show, like more raunchy. That's what they're advertising it as, at least. Hmm. I don't know. I know they're coming out with a video game. It looks pretty good. I think it comes out in like March. Did you play their first video game? I did not. Neither did I. I think it came out for like PlayStation Two or PS Three. Yeah, something like back that. Back in the day. Yeah. All right, well, that's, ladies and gentlemen, is our first episode of the year of the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Brother, I'm going on a wild hog holding. If I like get some moment, I'll make sure it's an explosion. Because lately I've been seeing.